This is Reimagine Law, a podcast about legal education and careers to help students navigate their career choices. Welcome to our latest episode on Reimagine Law in our skills series. So Fran, now we're going to move on to this topic of innovation and risk-taking. Very broad topic and you can look at this in so many different ways. I mean, where does your mind go, first of all? Well, I would initially, years ago, have thought of this as being the eureka moment. Aha, the mad scientist in a room creating something. And I've got to say, as my career's gone on, I've come to learn of it much more as a subtle process that happens over time. It's not loud. It's not showy. It's about process improvement um, and actually incorporates quite a lot of what we've talked about in this skill series already uh, in terms of collaborative working drives diversity of thought. I think that's a great place to start. And actually, you hinted at something there, Fran, where you said about almost about that idea of inching forward with something as an idea is just as good as innovation. It's interesting when you speak to innovators, they often talk about three different types of innovation. They talk about incremental innovation, which is what you were hinting at there. There's what they call breakthrough innovation, which might be at the level of, I don't know, a whole moving into a market or something. And then they talk about transformational, you know, almost innovation, almost like a world scale level. But I think you're absolutely right. And what I find very interesting, and I'm just going to bring in a sporting example here, you hear so often these people, whether they're people doing, I don't know, cycling or rowing or rugby or football, whatever sport they're talking about, what they often say is, do you know what made the biggest difference was making a tiny change in how we did something? And it made it, I mean, I know some things like in cycling or some of that, you know, of course, a small, a fra- or in athletics, a few, you know, a fraction of a second, which could be how you, literally, how you go out the blocks or something like that. And just, you know, angling the blocks in a different direction or something can make an enormous difference. So, and it's interesting, I think, you know, we're, we're talking about the legal sector, we're, you know, sitting in the school of law. When I remember when I used to be in the law firms, we often used to talk about asking your clients what would make the biggest difference and it might be almost how they receive a piece of paper or actually if you could change something that made the process easier at their end as you say which might be very much a process driven change it's not actually as you say the eureka moment or something like that so i think law firms have had to think about this is so i think asking almost the recipient actually what works from their point of view if you had to if you could change something you know asking them the question if you could change something about the way we work together or about the way we did that project for the next time we do it, what would you change? You know, and it might be a tiny thing or it might be an enormous thing. Absolutely. And Nigel, this fits directly into something, um, you know, with that legal design mindset. It's a very buzzword. Mm. We hear about it. Alice might not necessarily be aware of what it is, but in essence, it's about taking that user, that recipient um, and how they are receiving something and designing accordingly and keeping it simple and adapting it. And that can be the, the innovative part of things. Mm, I think that's right. And you said about keeping it simple there. Again, if when law firms talk to their clients or their customers, what's the one thing they say? They say, oh, please just save me the time. And I'll give you an example. You know, one thing we did, you know, is this innovation? I don't know. But encouraging the lawyers and the, the client actually said this to us once. They said, do you know what would really help me enormously? Could you please just write something to me so that I can then just flick it on to my own internal people at my end in a format? So if you can draft it in a way or have a little note at the top and then say, draft something below that I can just flick onto my person. That was a for them. That was, you know, they, OK, it's a tiny bit of innovation in that in the grand scheme of things. But Absolutely. Um, I mean, what is um, the value additive that you're giving to something? I think that's what you've really got to think about mm. here. Um, 
and it can be quite small and that innovation can be as you say in an incremental step um, I often think about um, an example that's often used in legal design about contracts you know how many of oh, us yeah. don't ever read contracts how many of us click that <laughs> little box you know um, and move on and the idea that you know sometimes in legal design people might think of a visual diagram perhaps that has a contract that doesn't use jargon that's simple like that is hugely innovative and forward-thinking yeah. but it's not complicated no it's not and uh, you've just reminded me Fran of something else rather than go to meetings and sometimes as you say have a big document to go through the, the visual example I remember someone just said oh we'll go actually to a a pitch meeting so what does that mean that means sometimes where you go and you're trying to win another bit of business or something and instead of having like a set of slides or something for a presentation they said they produced what they called a table map which was actually almost having this big a thing like a3 which they laminated so actually you could write on it with like a like a sharpie as well you know with those pens that you can write on plastic with and they wrote on that and they said that was just a different way of doing a presentation but it was lovely because actually then the person on the other side could actually you could give them a pen and they could actually join in as well and they said it ended up being a lovely kind of collaborative conversation but it was very innovative again so how could you do a different you know perhaps those of you listening if you've been asked to do a project or a presentation what different ways could you actually do that presentation as well there are 10 or 15 different ways you could think about that and how can you take a risk by doing it you know get out of ah, your comfort zone yeah. Um, I remember going to a meeting and I'd been asked to do a written report and everyone else does, you know, pages in a, in a document. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you know what, I'll do a slide with, with you know, pictures on and things. Um, I, I mean, nobody really received it particularly well or badly. And I thought, well, I haven't read my audience there. I must take it back. But it was absolutely right that I did um, something that was a slight risk to go in, in, into that. And actually, you know, I think it was a bit more straightforward and simple and, and probably more easy to digest for some people. Well, that's the other thing, Fran. I mean, the thing that that makes me think of is that point that we all have different learning styles or different ways of taking in information. So you never know with your audience whether they'll be, you know, have this style of, you know, whether they're more auditory, as it said, where they like listening. I actually need to see, I'm very visual, so I like pictures, going back to some things we've been talking about. So actually innovating can help you help you connect with the person you're trying to communicate with. Yeah. And, you know, I do want to make the point, Nigel, that people that go out to purposefully be innovative often aren't. It's an organic thing <laughs> yeah. that comes from many of the other skills and attributes that we've been talking about. You know, that yeah. customer centric approach that then organically um, grows innovative ideas rather than, you know, have wanting to have the eureka moment and, and going off and doing it. Um, I was thinking in particular about a, a TED Talks book that I read about how uh, there's a particular chapter that says, you know, people that want that big TED Talks moment often miss the point. It's got to organically yeah. come. And I, and I feel a bit like that with, with innovation. And also, Fran, I think you've mentioned it a few minutes ago, not just from you as well. So this goes back to those we've talked about in some other episodes about collaboration and all those types of things. I remember I was at a conference once and someone in the audience, um, and it was actually about innovation and how organizations innovate. And the person said, uh, so how do you think this works? And he gave a little talk. And in the question and answer, once someone put their hand up in the audience and said, well, I think what you said is true. However, in my experience of working for many years, I think you'll find that 95% of innovation comes from listening to your customers. In other words, it's the very practical solutions that actually you get by hearing other points of view as well. Yeah, really, really interesting. And links, of course, um, to everything we've been saying on relationship building in yeah. the other skills episode here. Yeah, fantastic. 
Well, I think we've come up with some key takeaways here about innovative approaches. Um, thanks so much for listening to this episode and we hope that you enjoyed it. 